podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Welcome back to the TMBA pod. A few months ago, we pulled together a TMBA survey, and so many of you took your time to give us responses. We've read through every single TMBA listener who responded to the survey, and today's episode is going to be all about sharing our thoughts and responses on your critiques, your criticisms, your positive feedback the data that we found out about the listeners of this show, and talk a little bit about the future of the show in a new segment we're going to call Campaign Promises. At the end. (laughs) At the end of of the episode. So the way this episode is going to work is, first off, we're just going to do a little bit of reflection about the value of creating a pod for a decade, in our case. And then we are going to go over the five key takeaways from reading your survey responses. And if you stick around to the end of the episode, we are going to have a little bit of like life news update and stuff, but we won't busy the sort of meat and potatoes here. So let's get jumped right into it, Ian. I guess the reality is like so many podcasts that get started, they pod fade, they go away. And some reason we're still doing this for a decade. I guess like my question to start the show is like, why do you think we're still doing it? What is the value in it for you? I think the question is the same question that I ask myself regularly, which is like, what are the things that you would be doing for free? And there's a couple of things in my life, and I think the podcast is one of them. It's just like genuine fun. Like, I love talking to you about these ideas that we're coming up with in our businesses. I love interacting with people that are having similar problems in their businesses or wins in their business. Like it's just a great way to connect people together on this, I think, in a lot of ways, like new way of living life. Like through this like business life work kind of mix. I enjoy the discipline of having to decide every week and however arbitrary it is, it is arbitrary. It's Thursday morning, eight AM Eastern Standard Time. But <laughs> we got that critique, by the one, way. <laughs> one very smart listener pointed out that it's not always Eastern Standard Time yeah. because half the year we're on daylight. I cannot accept such an upending thought at this <laughs> point in my life. So I'm just going to have to keep rolling with 8 a.m. But the discipline of having to figure out as a team, as a group, as a duo, like what we think about something, even if we're doing an interview that week, it's like, we had enough respect for that person to reach out to them. We had to consider what's interesting about them. We had to make editorial decisions about what parts of the interview to publish. So I love the discipline of every week having to consider what we think about something. And if we didn't have the podcast, maybe we would just let it ride. You know, Maybe we wouldn't have that artistic or intellectual discipline in our lives. I remember before we hired producer Jane, back in the day, we used to like do all of our own writing and editing. It got to a point where it was like crisis mode every Wednesday night. We were just trying to like stay afloat with the business and 
it just became really stressful to try to like write something every week. Yeah. And I kind of look back on that and think, well, it was important for that reason. Like it was stressful for a reason and that like it was really hard. Now that we have a more robust team around us, it's a little bit easier. But I think it all comes from that core drive for me to, you know, want to express ourselves and figure out what we think about this exciting journey that we're on and now look at other people who are on the journey as well. Yeah. And the reward is obviously in the survey. And we're going to talk about the survey, Dan. But uh, just the fact that you guys took the time to like write us with your concerns and with your comments, like it's really nice to read all these things. Even if you're like unhappy with what we're up to, like that's nice to read too. Yeah. And I think like over the years, listeners sharing the show has been like super rewarding. You know, it's like, oh, I heard about it from this person or this person. I mean, that's how podcasts get shared still, which is cool. And it's like, it's old school word of mouth. And I think like that's the most valuable marketing tools word of mouth because when you're going to recommend something to a friend or to a coworker, like you're really going to mean it. You really put yourself out there and you say like, hey, I believe this show is good. And a lot of you have said that and thank you. Yeah, that's how we run the show. We're not hacking the algorithm to get views or whatever. Our algorithm is that we talk about what we believe in and we only interview people that we think are legit. And that's that, right? And so it's the same thing when you refer your friend to something that you like. It's like that integrity is there. Yeah, we were talking about this actually the other day. And we're talking about an interview show. And this person does an interview show, podcast interview show, and they get like all the A-listers. And the strategy of that show, to be clear, is to identify guests that have big followings themselves in an effort to grow the show. Right. And the struggle that that podcast was having was one of personal identity, number one. Number two was frustration with the level of growth. And my point was, well, great, you have a lot of listeners and all that, but where's the integrity in it? You know, like, where's the journey that you're going to go on as an entrepreneur? And where are your listeners going to follow? What part of that journey are they going to have? There's nothing to me interesting about a journey of simply popularity. Like a lot of things that aren't interesting are very popular. I feel like that's always been our heuristic around here, which is follow the nose, like follow your legitimate, genuine interest. And sometimes that leads us to places that might not be so interesting for a lot of the audience. And sometimes it'll lead us to places that are, you know, but you got to trust what you think is interesting. One interesting stat that came from this survey is that 37% of listeners who respond to the survey have been listening to this podcast for more than five years. How crazy is that? Yeah, it's a long time. Let me just get back to maybe something that is worth saying on this point of why we do this. Why we do this is a lot wrapped up in what we love. And me and you love radio. I love ideas. I love when people crystallize something in a way that's useful to me and I can like download that thought software and then I'll go tell somebody about it and we'll discuss it. I love that. And then the opportunity that was a really new one in 2006 when we were like fooling around. Is like, did you know that the internet allows you to have a radio show now? Like that's a thing. Not like a big thing, just a half an hour a week. And the moment I saw that, it was like, heck yeah. Like why wouldn't we want to be a part of that ecosystem of people sharing ideas? So I think what we should do now, Ian, is get into the 
five key insights that we received from reading the wonderful survey responses. All right, Ian, the first thing that we're going to take away from this survey is just, first of all, the numbers. The numbers were interesting. Some things were not surprising. Some things were very surprising. Ultimately, I think it's fair to say, like, the key point of running the survey, and we should probably, like, post a copy of the questions at this pod if anybody wants to take a look at, like, what the questions were, but the purpose was twofold. Number one, to get a sense for like where the audience is at. Like we have a really strong idea of who DCers are, members of the Dynamite Circle. Don't have a great idea of who Tropical NBA podcast listeners are. In fact, some of my assumptions about the listenership that I've gained through like meeting listeners and just thinking about the audience and looking at comments and stuff turned out to be pretty wrong, at least based on the survey responses. So now, of course, like, there's always going to be sort of sampling bias. You know, all this data is with that in mind. The other reason we did this is to create an image for potential advertisers of who the TMBA listenership is. And one of the things we've known behind the scenes, and a lot of our advertisers know this and sponsors at our events, is like, this is a very powerful audience. Highly engaged and uh, highly motivated. Yeah. You put something in front of the audience of this show, and you guys are going to listen as per the survey. Let's take a look at some of the data then. So surprising or not surprising? Okay, let's play this game. Let's play this game. 24% commute to an office. 76% of you have a primarily remote working arrangement. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. I don't think so. 17% of you have been to 15 plus countries in the last five years. I'd say kind of surprising. It's a lot of countries. It's a lot of countries, yeah. 37% have been listening for more than five years. Mm. This is a sampling bias thing too. I think like the most engaged listeners are yeah. probably the ones most likely to fill out the survey. And also, it was interesting, and I want to give a big shout out to all the people who we're friends with, who we've done business with, who've come and met with us at meetups and stuff. A lot of the survey responses were from people that we knew personally, which I think was a really interesting thing. It's also worth noting, speaking of like personal and emotional connections, that we, me and you received over 100 written notes of thanks, of feedback, of you sharing your stories with us about your children, about like amazing like over 100 personal notes we read all of them so enormous thank you for that here's an interesting one 85 percent of survey respondents said that they either researched a product that they heard advertised visited an advertiser's website or told a friend about an advertiser so 85 percent of survey responses are saying that they've listened and cared about the ads surprising very surprising i'd yeah. say We'll talk a little bit more about that later. 40% survey respondents have children. Surprising. This is surprising? Me. Yeah, I think that's high. You know, and I think that's... You thought the audience would skew younger. Yeah, but we've gotten older. You know, young guys don't want to listen to old people. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a little bit surprising. Like, I would think it's like maybe 10 or 20%. 20% of the survey respondents were women. 
not surprising. That's pretty much in line with our community and what I see online. So not surprising. When asked if you are an entrepreneur, freelancer, or business owner, I love, by the way, that we said business owner or entrepreneur. Like, there's a lot of crossover between those two categories, and also like entrepreneur can like cover up a lot of sins. You know, it wasn't a scientific study. Like, <laughs> we're not experts on writing surveys. All right. When asked if you're an entrepreneur, freelancer, or business owner, only 15 percent said no. Surprising. Very surprising. Yep. Very surprising. This could be sampling error. Like maybe those of you who have a classic J-O-B right now don't feel as like empowered to fill out a survey. Like, I don't know, but I'll say this. We've always sort of considered the TMBA pod to be an insidery show. It's focused on a very narrow niche of specialized people doing really unique things. If you're part of that 15% that like made it to the private party, welcome. This is a good party. We have a buddy, Dan, a mutual friend that like has interests that he doesn't actually participate in, but he watches them on YouTube. (laughs) That's like the kind of person that I'm imagining is like, they're just like kind of tourists, basically. They're just like, oh, I'm just going to go and check out what this group of people is up to. And yeah, that's not well, there's two different types. They could, one could be the tourist camp. They're here for your jokes or whatever. <laughs> the other camp could be... Aspirational. The aspirational. Yeah, sure. One of the survey notes that I received said, in a joking term, it took two years for you guys to brainwash me. I finally made the leap. Thank you kind of thing. And I thought, that's awesome. I can imagine taking two years for sure or more. I mean, the stakes are high. There's a lot of furniture in people's lives that commit them to career paths and jobs. It's hard to make changes. I'd like to point out too, just like one thing that wasn't a data point, but one thing I'm always very proud about, and we've been receiving notes like this over the years, that the TMBA pod continues to work its way into university curriculums around the world. All right, the number two thing that really stuck out to us is that the more things change, the more things stay the same. Here's a sneaky little thing that I did. Uh, A few months ago, I went back and listened to our first three episodes. And we're doing this because we were doing a branding project. And I just kind of wanted to go back and get a sense for like where it all started. I have a theory that if we published the first Topical MBA podcast episode, a lot of people might not even notice if you change like the microphone quality or whatever, that the themes are all there. Like the same approach to business was already all there. By the time we fired up the mics, we'd already been doing business for years. You know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like the tips, the tools, the tricks, like those things all change, but like the goals don't change or like the end results, they don't change. Like this to me is like the crux of like consumerism. I don't want to like get off on a tangent here, oh, but boy. there's like there's only a few things in the last like 15 years that have like really changed my life from like a consumerism point of view. You know, it's like living the same life I was living last 10 years, except for like now I get a little bit more battery life, you know, or like now it's like a little bit easier to communicate with my loved ones when I'm overseas, you know. But we get like enticed into these purchases and things like that. And so 
and from a business perspective into these business models you're suggesting yeah. or these strategies exactly. or these tips or I got to go to this conference to learn this thing to do the other thing. Exactly. So like a couple things that have like really changed like Amazon, it's here to stay, right? But like the ways that you win Amazon, they've changed a little bit. Yeah. Amazon as a business model, right? I think the reason why things have stayed so consistent, Dan, with this show is because we're talking about core principles. We're talking about core values. We're talking about actually like making money. And like the act of making money is like pretty much the same as it has been in like the last 10 years. But like there's a couple tips and tricks that have changed. Yeah, totally. And at the, at the end of that first episode, we were like, the point of doing this podcast is we want to pull together the premier community of people building businesses this way because we don't want to do it alone. We want to figure out everybody else who's also doing this and, and like sort of make it a mastermind. We said the words mastermind. Now we do masterminds professionally full-time. I mean, it's just so interesting that that principle of valuing multiple currencies, valuing your life along with your business and not completely martyring yourself to the dollar or to the startup Silicon Valley dream or to a career, getting wealthy on your own terms, getting more freedom and flexibility in your life and finding others to join in the journey. It stays the same. That's been what this podcast has been since day one. Some comments that we received in the survey relative to this, you know, after attending business school for four years, I had to unlearn traditional business mindsets. We had to too. I mean, I remember feeling generally like mocked by the business community, by the way we were building our business. We were criticized for it because it didn't look like what other people were doing because we traveled a little bit too much because we didn't have an office the same way other. We didn't go to it. Like these sort of things were mocked. Another comment was, I'd say the ultimate message of this podcast is that you don't have to choose between having the time of your life or staying in a soul-sucking like investment banking job you hate in order to buy the things you want for your life. Instead, you can follow a new model and build real wealth through remote teams as you slow travel your way around the world. I once wrote an article at our five-year anniversary, and I identified that as like one of the key insights of my entire life was it wasn't just the freedom and flexibility that made me transfer my life philosophy into becoming a lifestyle entrepreneur or whatever the hell it is we do at this podcast. What it was for me was like, you can have all that plus you have a path to legitimate wealth because I wasn't willing to give up on the path to wealth. I might've been stuck in the soul sucking gig in order to keep that door open to me. So I agree with this particular listener that's saying, this is the jam we're talking about. We're talking about you know, trying to have your cake and eat it too, trying to have that freedom and flexibility, but also open up legitimate paths to wealth. Right. We've seen it happen. The third insight, Ian, we received from taking a look at the TMBA survey responses is that details matter. Details matter to your audience. Details matter to this audience. Some that were specifically pointed out to us is... That listeners appreciate the clear audio quality, the superb editing that happens on the back end of this show, the decent structure of the ideas as we lay them out, and transcripts. There's a lot of reasons people appreciate transcripts, and for a long time we resisted them. For a long time we resisted all of these things, honestly. One of the things I want to say to other people producing content out there is there's an idea out there that 
as long as your content's great, the way you deliver it doesn't really matter. Just fire up a crappy old mic and say genius stuff. I'll tell you what, I think that that's true for like one or two or three episodes. If you want to have people that stick around year after year, the details can grind on people. And so I would very much encourage you to focus on those details. It really did turn a lot of people off from the show that we didn't have transcripts from week to week. Same thing with the audio quality, same thing with the editing. I mean, right now, we just turned off the air conditioning. <laughs> In this I room, know. it's getting pretty hot. And I just want to take this time to uh, thank our producer, Jane. And I want to thank Arison, who is kind of the madman behind the show. He's our editor and engineer. I've talked to Arison on the phone, and I think... He cares about the way we sound more than we do, which is a testament to building a team. But also, he's sort of a Swiss army knife. He could basically do anything. Totally. But point being is like before these people, like me and you, like last minute strap on the microphone, like, you know, in the middle of a business meeting, we're like, dude, we really got to get this podcast out. When we brought them into this business, like it brought a whole new level of professionalism. I think it brought a whole new level to our content. And it really helped us to like flush our ideas out. You know, it's like one of those things like you bring other people into your business, like all of a sudden you have a certain level of accountability. And I know Jane and Arison listening to the show right now, producing it, we are not the easiest guys to work with. That is a given, but (laughs) I do thank them. And I think that the comments, these comments are about the listeners thanking them to help us produce the show. They are part of the show. They're a part of the reason why it's become a better show. And so I think it's worth thanking them. Today's episode is sponsored by ShipHero.com. Thank you, ShipHero. Hey, they handle more Shopify third-party fulfillment orders than any other provider. If you run a Shopify store, if you're thinking about it, you basically need to be a warehouse operations genius, constantly sorting inventory, fulfillment, and shipping, rather than doing what you're supposed to do, the entrepreneur running your business. And add to that, we all know your customers want their order tomorrow. So let Ship Hero help. They have created a solution called Ship Hero Fulfillment. And get this, they will both handle your inventory and ship your orders on your behalf. They have warehouses throughout the United States and provide easy, transparent, fixed pricing and get this with no minimums or setup fees. So even if you're just starting out or if your store is already there, Ship Hero can help you ship at any volume level and it only takes seconds to get started. Simply connect your Shopify store to Ship Hero and boom, you're halfway there. They have an easy to use dashboard to help you manage your products and view your shipments. So if you run a Shopify store and want to test it out, these folks are so confident you'll love their service. This is a total no-brainer that they are offering TMBA listeners, that's you, $100 to try ShipHero. So head on over to fulfillment.shiphero.com slash TMBA and sign up using the code TMBA. As a bonus, their team is on hand to answer any questions you have. That's right. Ship Hero handles millions of orders a month, and they really know their stuff. So check them out. ShipHero.com. That link again is fulfillment.shiphero.com slash TMBA. Point number four, my guess is that this insight is not necessarily the insight that listeners would want us to take away from the survey. But of course, part of the reason we were doing this is because we were curious about the demographics and the direction for our advertisers. And the insight is simply this, that advertising on the show, which is a new initiative, 
has been a net win across the board. That finding a way to pay for the large production costs, and not fully, by the way. Not fully. But finding a way to present win-win opportunities for the listeners with quality companies that serve this new space, that have cool offers and cool products, and that listeners are acting on that and not writing us hate mail every week about it. I mean, I honestly didn't know what was going to happen when we started dropping in the ad. Some people said, hey, dude, I don't know if I can trust you as much anymore. Like in a legitimate... Listener, this has been my struggle for the past 10 years is to like <laughs> get Dan to commit to actually trying to pay for this show and just not go in the, in the red every month. And I actually pitched you a new idea today and like you shot it down. But yeah. you're more open to these ideas than you were before. And one of the ideas that I brought to you uh, about a year or two ago was like bringing serious advertisers. I don't want to do anything that's going to like compromise our integrity. I don't want to compromise what we can say on this show. You especially are a true artiste. And I respect that. That is the first time anybody's ever said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, Dan, as the person that looks at the spreadsheets more than you, yeah. I'm always trying to figure out a way to pay for this stuff. Now, that being said, this advertiser opportunity has been a really interesting one for us and I think the listeners, because like you said at the beginning of the show, a lot of people are paying attention to the advertisers on the show. They're clicking through. And I think this audience, more so than a lot of audiences, is like super engaged. So just a little bit of like insider information about how this advertising thing works. We've tried to partner with advertising groups in the past. And basically what they do is they go and sell ad spots to advertisers and then they come back to you and they take a cut. They solve a problem in the marketplace that's not really our advertiser's problem, which is like some ex big company has like a $1 million advertising budget for audio ads or whatever. These middlemen essentially will help distribute that capital across a bunch of relevant shows. That doesn't work for us because we aren't like other podcasts. We, like we said at the top, we're not just marching in guests to get views and. People here are following a legitimate journey. People here are growing a specific kind of business. They need stuff. They need legal help. They need accounting help. They need fulfillment help. They need people to help them buy and sell their businesses. Like the people listening to this show are freaking in it to win it and they need specific things. Right. So getting back to the nuts and bolts of like, you know, a little bit about how this podcast advertising thing works. Like they go on CPM, which is like basically impressions. So like how many people download your podcast? Like that was the question that we got after every episode that we ran that had some other advertiser. And I was like, we got to know how many people, how download, many people the podcast. Do download the podcast. Over 20,000 within the first six weeks. Now, a lot of people, advertisers, people listening to the show, like they have a perspective about that. Like, oh, I have a show that gets 100,000 or I have a show that gets 500. And advertisers certainly have a perspective about this. Yeah. The interesting thing about our podcast and advertisers is that it doesn't work with CPMs because we don't have like these large, gigantic numbers. You need these large, gigantic numbers to sell to these large, gigantic corporations because it's like a spray and pray operation. Yeah. For us, we're taking a little bit of a different approach. And the people that have really won with us are the ones that are selling good, genuine products that our listeners actually use. And like once you get into this ecosystem, like the Tropical MBA, the Dynamite Circle, once you figure out that like people need legal services for like the rest of their lives if they're in the business game, it becomes a very good way to spend money on this podcast. It's just one of the things that we've learned is like 
you guys think you super engaged, but yeah. also like willing to listen to the products that we bring. And also say this, most of the people that approach us to advertise on the podcast, like we don't partner with because they're not good fits. Totally. I mean, it's another example of every different offer you put out into your customer base, you're going to be surprised at the way people interact and behave with that. All right. The number five insight is all about the key critiques and areas for improvement. We're all here because we want to do better. We want to have a better podcast the next 10 years. So what were some of the key insights that uh, jumped out to you about how we could do that? Well, one of the things that we read in the survey and that really resonates with me is that people like these things that they can hang their hats on, like Rip Pivot Jam, Thousand Day Principle, these things that we came up with these things that we often wrote about and like then we did a podcast. Concepts. On. Yeah, core concepts. And I think going back to like this interview versus core concepts thing, like a lot of people, most people have interview shows, podcast shows. That's because it's easier. Now, that being said, it's very hard to do a good interview. Jane has taught us a lot of things, I think, the last couple of years that have made our interviews better. But if I'm going to sit down and do an interview, I'm going to spend a, several hours preparing for it, certainly, and then an hour during the interview. Come up with a core concept is like, it's like years. I saw this thing on Reddit the other day, which I thought was like super cool. It was a mechanic shop, actually, a auto shop, right? It says, if it takes me 30 minutes to do a job, you're not paying me for the 30 minutes. You're paying me for the 10 years that it took for me to learn that job in 30 minutes. And that's what happens with these concepts is like, they're really hard to pull together. But I think that we should spend more time, honestly, like yeah. figuring them out because we kick around these concepts all the time. We just haven't been serious enough to write them down to actually like push them forward. Yeah. And it's a big difference between like me and you in the office saying, Oh, have you noticed that like, you know, we did an episode recently about like the six figure slump? And it was something that we noticed it wasn't fully fleshed out. So a couple of listeners said, you know, maybe this, maybe that. And that's kind of cool. We're kind of like iterating that idea. But had we really put aside more time? And for me, that time is a lot of like blank page time. Like you got to like, you have that discussion, but then you really got to sit down and, and in my mind, I think of this term essay, which is to like to search, to find, you have to like write yourself into a thought, a concept, a organizing principle that pulls together everything that you've seen in an elegant way. And it's hard, it's hard work. It's hard work. And we should do it. We should do it more often. And we're going to try to do it more often. And it's certainly one of the things that the listeners of the show seem to appreciate. One of the other things, there's a couple of things that point out follow-up stories, doing a little bit better with our follow-up, I think is an interesting idea. And overwhelming support for rap and reviews. You know, of all the things, <laughs> somehow rap and reviews, the fact that we haven't been doing so much of it is a big disappointment to the audience. Well, I have some good news coming in the campaign promises section, which is going to be following this point. A couple quotes from the early days. I miss uh, the tips and the tricks. I run a traditional brick and mortar business and I get a lot of my tech and internet cues from you guys. So of course, the tips and tricks segment was one that I was highly passionate about. And you used to make fun of me. I did used to make fun of you. This is a point of you're holding back my creativity. Listen, I still make fun of you. You <laughs> bought this new bike light this last week and all that. It was, guess what? I figured out it was developed at Clemson. Go Tigers. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, oh my gosh, it's the greatest thing in the world. That's a, that's what I love about you, Dan. You just become an evangelist for anything that you consume, and so therefore it just makes it a lot of fun for me. So <laughs> maybe we'll get back to the tips and tricks. Love the old classic episodes. It would be great service to your audience to consistently go back over these core topics and maybe to get maybe guests to weigh in on them with a fresh perspective. I think that's heard a great idea. We heard that. I dig the old school pontificating, SWAS, the rise of productized services, etc. So pattern developing, that sort of thing. One of the things I want to say about that, Dan, is like we have always like found ourselves in this very fortunate position to be around a lot of entrepreneurs through the show and through the DC, our community, which has over a thousand people in it now. And so like almost feel like it's our responsibility to bring forward what everybody's up to. And like I don't feel like that's something that we're gonna stop doing. Got a lot of like feedback, you know, about loving to hear the stories of entrepreneurs that are in the trenches, talking about the issues that they go about on a day to day basis. And for sure, I mean, that's what we're trying to identify in terms of of interview guests are people who are, are doing the work that that we all do on a daily basis. I want to say this one thing, Dan, about interviews because we're certainly not going to stop doing interviews. It's just that we'd love to develop more of these concepts. But interviews, I think, have become a core part of this show. Let me just say this about the pitch the interview pitch to us because we still get a fair amount of them. And I just want to help people a little right, bit well, here. Now that we're going to talk about interviews, I think let's give context for what we're talking about here because I think it's fair to say that in the first five years of the show, we basically didn't really interview people. We didn't interview people. What we did and what we continue to do is we continue to have people on the show that we've developed relationships with and that we're able to pull out interesting things that they're doing. Yeah. That continues to be the case. Like most of the people that you hear on the show, like we've known them for several years and it takes that long to figure out like, oh, that's what's interesting about this person. Here's the thing. Most people don't know what's interesting about them or their business. And so that's part of our job is to figure out what that is. Right. Unlike professional interviewees, unlike authors, unlike the people going around to the podcast circle jerk doing their their stump speeches, the people that are in the trenches, again, it's like this... I don't want to paint it up as like some noble task or whatever. No, it's just simply what I want to listen to. Like, it takes a long time to figure out if people are for real. We all know people that we thought were for real for a while, and then all of a sudden, oh no, like I, I just kind of I missed ball there. Like that person wasn't for real, and it, it just takes a while to figure out. Like, oh, like that thought matches up to that thing that they're doing in their business, and they're doing something unique and, and profitable there. Let's dig into it, you know. And so here's what I want to do, Dan. I just want to like. I just want to refine this pitch because we get a lot of these pitch emails still, and I appreciate it. But let me just tell you the type of pitch that is the most appealing to me, and then you can tell me what's most appealing to you. Okay, but first I'll do this by telling you the least appealing. So get these pitches of several per week from someone's personal assistant that tells us how successful someone is and all the things that they have accomplished and why they should be on the show. Yeah, like a okay. typical like press release kind of marketing pitch. That immediately gets deleted. Everybody listen to this, talking to these earbuds right now. You know that, listener. You here's the most interesting pitch. And here's one of the most interesting things that happened this year. At DC Austin, unfortunately, one of our presenters got sick and wasn't able to come. And so we had to figure out last minute from someone that was at the conference, who do we think would have something interesting to say? And we went to JP Jing, who has been on this show before and who has an interesting business. And the conversation was this. I think you're doing interesting things. You should talk about them. And his response was basically like, yeah, but I haven't won yet. 
And we were like, perfect. Like, there doesn't need to be a bow on this story. Like, that's not what people want to hear. They don't need an ending. They just want to know where you're at in the journey and what you're doing about it. Yeah. He did a great job at DC Austin. It was like one of my favorite. The most interesting pitches to me are not, I've created the success. I passed the finish line. Now let's talk about it and like celebrate it. The most interesting pitches to me are like, hey, I've done a couple things. This is where I'm at. What do you think? Because I don't think it's like a conversation. It's not like a celebration, right? It's like we have an opportunity to talk about something that's in progress. And I think for me, that's like the most interesting thing. I mean, we got a great pitch the other day. It's like, hey, I was in a mastermind with this person. And, you know, you're not playing on status. You're not playing on favor exchanges, like all that stuff. If you introduce that into a relationship, it compromises the relationship. Instead, it's like, I believe in this. I know what you guys do. This is truly interesting to me. I'm aligned with them. I'm authentic. I have integrity. Take a look at it. Here's the reason I bring this up, Dan, and just to wrap it up, is uh, the majority of you, according to the survey, have businesses and you have meaningful revenue. And I think you're doing meaningful things. You just don't think it's interesting. But to us, it is. totally. So I would like more of the listeners of this podcast to reach out, not for an interview, but just tell us what you're up to. Because that's our job. It's like, we sift through these emails and we like figure out what's interesting for the show and what's not. And my guess is if more of you wrote in, not for an interview, but just to tell us what's interesting, what's going on in your business, you might end up on this show. Yeah. One uh, particularly exciting letter we received from a listener said that they admire our friendship and our relationship as it comes through on the podcast and so has encouraged their teenager to listen to the show in order to hopefully develop a similar sort of bond <laughs> with their best friend, but they wouldn't listen to the show because they're <laughs> of teenagers. Course not. And I thought to myself, that kid's doing great. If they're not, <laughs> this is exactly what I would have been doing as a teenager. My parent comes to me and says, oh, you should listen to this. I'd be like, nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you must be doing something right. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody for taking the time to fill out the survey. Send us your personal notes to let us know more about you. We appreciate it. We love, love, love creating this show for you. We are going to get moving on to a brand new segment. Wait, is this segment going to exist past this episode? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes over. Probably not. Everything's a test. We are going to play some patriotic music and play a section we like to call Campaign Promises. Which may or may not get stuck in legislation. That's right. We might not be able to deliver on all these promises, but uh, I think it's worth talking about how we feel in the moment about how we should respond. You know, if we do like one of these things in the next five years, I'd, I'd call it a success. <laughs> Might even get reelected on it. All right. A couple of things we would like to do. Number one, we would like to bring back rock and reviews. Maybe not rap. I think we're going to call it rock and reviews. And here's the reason. I loved doing rap and reviews. Honestly, I'm listening to less rap. And I think you ran out of rap. I didn't run out of rap. I still listen to some rap. And maybe this is going to die because it isn't rap. But here's the thing. I actually think that my rock and I think that your rock catalog is probably three to four X what the rap is. So here's the reason why so we're changing. You kind of living a lie back in the day. I was not living a lie. I was living on fumes, but I was not <laughs> living a lie. I think that we have a more sustainable future with rock and reviews. And I will, of course, 
mention a rap song here and there, but I do think that it should be a foundation in rock going forward. Okay, and for those of you that haven't listened, weren't listening to the show many, many years ago, we had this format in the early days that a lot of business podcasts copied and I think became annoying to the listeners. And our format used to be, we would like open up with reviews and news and then we would go into meat and potatoes. We had like a whole, it was a system that we developed. As more and more pods started to come out with a similar format, we started switching things around. And one of the ways we did that was we said, well, why don't we read the reviews at the end over one of our favorite pieces of music? Because you don't have to listen to it, but it might be funny or interesting. And also, we just love sharing music. That was a cool thing to do. The rock is going to be rocking. There's no question about that. But the reviews, it may be an iTunes review. It may be an email we got. It may be a blog that someone wrote. Or it could be anything interesting to do with the community. As a candidate, Ian, you are promising that there will be no paywall wall on our southern podcast border. That's right. We will never, <laughs> never, and by the way, politicians lie all the time. We will never put a podcast border wall up on the southern border. As your podcast host candidates, we promise to make the podcast great again. Whatever area was lacking in greatness before, we will do our best to make it great, of course. Do you have any pork barrel spending that you want to insert into uh, the budget this year? Well, Dan, this is a bigger point that's uh, a promise, and that's actually going to come through here pretty soon. We're like officially in full swing of redesigning the podcast and rebranding it. And this has been a... Wow, that's like a, an announcement. You just dropped yeah. an announcement. On well, the show. yeah. I mean, this is not a campaign promise. This is actually going through. We haven't been elected yet, but we actually do have the power to push it through. Do you have the votes? And we will be pushing it through. In the next couple of weeks, we will have a new podcast name. We will have a new podcast domain. We will have a new podcast look. And my promise, my pork barrel spending promise is to spend more money on design. Because I think in the past, you know, sometimes our pages are broken. Sometimes it doesn't look the best. I'd like to keep it looking pro. One of the things we promise to do is to do a new updated podcast for listeners that are interested in the dynamite circle and want a deep dive into what exactly that community is it was a very common theme in the feedback people want to know more information about it we're not going to sit here on the tmba podcast and and just do a sales pitch or whatever but a lot of you want to hear the sales pitch so as part of my campaign promise I promise that we will circle the wagon sometime this year and do a good half an hour about that community and how it benefits entrepreneurs and what you can do if you join. And it is an annual subscription product. So people want to know what they're going to get for their investment. So I promise that we will do that podcast. Final promise for me, Dan, more jobs. Simple, man. (laughs) This is part of every campaign. We will provide and we will help more people this year get remote jobs. If you have a company you need to hire, we will help you hire. And we won't just help you hire. By the way, we're launching a new section, freelancers. A lot of you in this survey, and this was cool to read, a lot of you, like the majority of you, have freelancers or part-time people that work for your company. Yeah. You know, when we launched Dynamite Jobs, it was all full-time employees. We're still going to do that. It's been working very well. We've made over 100 placements, yeah. but we're also going to fulfill freelancers. Our platform for make, again, to making this podcast great again, 
more jobs. Of course, we're in favor of lower taxes, no paywalls, no paywall walls on the southern border. The only thing at this point, Dan, I feel like we're missing is healthcare. <laughs> and this is a huge issue that only places like Europe seem to have figured out. I mean, I don't know. We'll wait for the midterms. Yes. So we'll wait for the midterms for the health. It's very thing. complex. One more thing. Big shout out to uh, everyone for following our journey and sharing your time and insights with us through filling out the survey, through putting in your earbuds and hitting play on Thursday mornings. We appreciate everyone listening to the show. We're just looking forward to continuing on and uh, getting your vote. Cheers. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.